0: Welcome to the Brew Crew Review
1: Podcast, the show by fans or fans of Brewer, Milwaukee Brewers. Okay, Brewer fans, happy holidays and welcome to the Brew Crew Review Christmas episode of our podcast. Joining you today is your Shirley Craig and I've got Vince here. Vince, happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Craig. Merry Christmas,
0: Scotty
1: and Chad. Yep, I'm sure they're somewhere with their Santa hats on. Uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have have, uh, received our Christmas cards annually, or possibly baseball checklists if your name is Tom Hardercourt. But uh, (laughs) anyway, yeah, so... um, Scotty is planning on saving
0: Christmas this year, I hope, right? I know that West Dallas is kind of counting on him.
1: Yeah, what's that? Well, yeah, we've got some details coming up, West Ellis, of how Scott plans to save Christmas this year. Hopefully, he can pull it off. Um, he his success rate in life is not super stellar, but when it comes to saving Christmas, it's pretty high. So, um, yeah, yeah. So let's first, uh, well, let's actually start with a little bit of baseball news. Hopefully. Um, the Brewers are was hoping would be one of the, we're, we're really hoping in my heart of hearts that they would be able signed. Uh. Shohei Ohtani, uh, you know, obviously can hit can <laughs> A little bit disappointed they no. went to one of our NL rivals, though. Instead, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. He signed a ten-year deal for seven hundred million dollars. Uh, <laughs> uh, what were your thoughts on that, and did the uh, price tag shock you at all? I
0: mean, the uh, I think I think I honestly speculated about five hundred million, you know, over the total lifespan of his contract. So. Uh, yeah, it was pretty shocking. I remember, and I know that we're both of the ages that we can remember, uh, being old enough to to recall details of Alex Rodriguez's contract with the Texas Rangers back in, well, 2003 or so. And I remember that being shocking. And that was for 200, immediately 10 years, $225 million before it got parlayed into an, an opt out uh, later on while he was with the Yankees. But this, uh, this, <laughs> this contract for Otani completely blew that out of the water and, and probably, um, is most interesting because he actually makes more money now than Mark Adonacio is worth and and Dick Manafort, the owner of the Rockies and a lot of other team owners as well. I shouldn't say a lot, but a handful of team owners. So yeah, certainly interesting. And um, yeah, maybe he'll be interested in buying the Brewers someday.
1: No, I mean, I did, I did remember thinking before, um before his injury. And again, he had to have, um, Tommy John surgery as a pick as a pitcher, he'll still be able to hit this first year of the Dodgers, but he will ma- not be able to pitch at all in the 2024 season. So I think that definitely cost him some on his contract because there's some risk involved. Obviously, his price price tag goes the, with the fact that he's a two way player and a great one at that. Probably the, the best two way player since Babe Ruth, and that's not even a joke. Um, so yeah, I mean, with that being said, there was some risk involved before that, I actually thought I was speculating he could have been the first billion dollar player, which is really ridiculous. Yep. But but I, I honestly think he would have got probably upward more than $800 million had that, that injury not occurred. But with that being said, uh, $700 million is still nothing to sneeze at. And uh, the weird thing is, is people are actually thinking that the Dodgers might actually uh, get him an undervalued contract because what he brings on a worldwide level as far as marketability and all that stuff is just through the roof. Um, and so I honestly think he's probably gonna be worth it. It's not good news. I was hoping he'd sign with the AL team, and there were some late whispers that he was actually signing with the Blue Jays, not the Dodgers. Which I was like, oh, cool. Um, so as much as we love our friends in Canada, uh, not uh, I think that uh, you know the Los Angeles Dodgers, unfortunately, are someone who you know have a have the biggest TV contract in, in baseball. They have plenty of money to spend, in spite of the luxury tax that they're apparently willing to pay, they did something with this contract to circumvent paying more of that. And that's uh, Shohei has agreed to defer 68 of his 70 million dollars each season for them to pay at the end of the contract, and therefore skirting this luxury tax in some ways. Um, What I mean. To me, I thought that was a loophole that baseball, it's been in baseball for for quite a long time and, uh, you know, and it'll continue to be. So any team could have made that offer. But um, really, it's something that I think is a, you know, does not level a playing field as far as small market teams like the Milwaukee Brewers uh, competing with some, a team in the same league like the Dodgers, who have a ridiculous TV contract payroll and all this stuff. And, and, and at some point it's, we're not going to be able to compete. So, so what are your thoughts on, on that provision in the contract?
0: You know, I think we talked about this briefly in a pre-production meeting, but I, I actually feel like maybe it does allow small market teams to compete a little bit more because you can backload some of that stuff. I mean, the Brewers did that with Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich's contract as well on a much smaller scale. Um, so to me, the backloading wasn't really a problem. I, I, I think that you could look at it from a different perspective and say that, you know, they, they could be hamstringing themselves for a number of years too. I, I don't think that about Shohei Otani, but um, pretend like somebody did that with, uh, you know, and made another mistake like a Bobby Bonilla contract where they're paying off for 30 years. So yeah, there's a long history of, of teams doing that to save money today uh, to, to, to give some payroll flexibility. And, and now in this case to avoid certain implications of the luxury tax. So you're not, completely in the clear, like there was still a value assessed to the contract that didn't just take into account his, his annual take home um, when it came to luxury tax purposes. So it's not a complete, you know, uh, ability to circumvent that. So I, I I wish that the brewers would actually be more creative to use that um, that procedure, to be honest. I I think that um, that would be something that I think that Mark Adonasio could use to his advantage if he doesn't have the cash flow up front to, to still entice guys that may be interested in playing here in Milwaukee with you know, more earnings down the road too. And you set these guys up, uh, uh, the natural, you know, progression of the human body is such that you're not going to be much of a baseball player, at least professionally speaking, after a certain age, and you're going to have a lot of years left that you need to provide for your family. And so I think that if you can give them some cost certainty in the in the sense that their futures are covered, I think that that's a really nice benefit for a lot of players who are certainly going to be able to survive on a couple million dollars a year now. Um, and they're still going to be able to set them, their families up for a long time in the future as well with these, you know, continued, continued payment so I I think it's a tool that ownership should probably really look at more in Milwaukee to be to be frank
1: well I, I do think that this does set up Shohei and his puppy dog to be very well taken care of for a number of years even beyond his playing days <laughs> but um it's just shocking to me hey, that... hey Lena's, Lena's mom is friends with the with the breeder that sold that dog to Shohei <laughs> true story Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, well I'm sure yep. that's a great dog then. Well, uh, it is. But uh, when what dog isn't great. But, uh, but no, but back to, I mean, where my problem comes with it, like, so Shohei and each season, like just next year is going to be deferring $68 million of his contract. So the Dodgers do not have to pay him until later. That's more than double what the 2023 Oakland A's payroll was and so to me when you're talking about trying to level out the playing field between teams there's a major chasm between um you know the has and the have-nots in baseball and obviously it makes it all the more sweeter when the teams like the A's can you know make a run to the World Series or whatnot or as you see the Rays or Royals whatever yeah, but, do it but the what? A's
0: and the Dodgers have won the same amount of World Series as in the last you know 35 years You know, so I, I don't know. I think that a lot of that's on having a bad owner in Oakland too. And fans are, you know, obviously making their voices heard with that by not showing up to support that team. But, um, I don't know. I mean, any team in baseball could have done that deal with Shohei in theory. I I think that the Dodgers had other things to sell too, besides just the money and the deferred money. I think it was also, you know, playing in a big market like Los Angeles is appealing to guys who can, you know, be comfortable in a big city. He already lived there in the area. Uh, there's a long history between the Dodgers and Japanese players, starting with Hideo Nomo in 1995. So I, you know, I don't, I'm not like jealous that the Dodgers did this deal. I just wish that we were smarter, smart enough to do it ourselves, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Um And you're right. Shohei just has to move across town from the angels to the Dodgers. So he's going to be familiar with the area and uh, all that stuff. And obviously Los Angeles is Los Angeles, but so Kudos and, to him. And a huge see.
0: Japanese-American community, too, Craig. You know, like, that's the other thing, too, that people forget that, you know, yeah, obviously dollars are going to speak the most probably. But there are some comfort factors, I think, especially for foreign players that we don't even think about just because we're from here that would make a lot of sense. Like, if you're Shohei atani, there's not a huge Japanese-American community in Milwaukee necessarily. You know, so it's going to be a little easier to find places that you're comfortable with in a, in a city like L.A. It's You know, just kind of what it is.
1: Yeah, no, I understand uh, the Brewers will only be able to get some of the top players from the Polish leagues, apparently.
0: Uh, but anyways... <laughs> and
1: Germany, you know. <laughs> possibly the local softball fields. Um, the beer league softball fields. But anyway, um, moving on to actually Milwaukee Brewer news. Um, so a couple of things happened since our last podcast. Uh, one of the things the Brewers signed free agent, right-handed pitcher Joe Ross, uh, I think to a very minimal contract. I think it was just one year uh, 1.2 million or something like that, and it was a major league deal, though. Um, he's someone who's dealt with many arm injuries. I think he's actually had ALC uh, or Tommy John surgery twice, I should say. Um, and um, he's you know bounced around a number of teams. He's still fairly young, I think he's about 30. Uh, what are your thoughts on this signing?
0: Uh, you know, I don't think it was a huge financial outlay or anything, so I'm fine taking a fly on guys. I guess I, I give the Brewers front office a little bit more leash than I would other front offices on picking up some of these guys and you're going to find some guys that were highly successful with like a Wade Miley and some guys that were not as successful with like a Josh Lindblom that don't really work out but I do think that the track record for the Brewers being able to correct you know flaws in pitchers mechanics at least is is pretty amazing the last you know six seven eight years so I'm 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 interested enough to take a flyer on just about any pitcher, honestly, for, you know, one point, whatever million dollars. I don't think that that's going to be, you know, it's not going to be such an amount of money that you're going to be able to, that you're going to be prevented, I guess, from getting other guys. And if it doesn't work out, then you move them or release them or trade them or whatever you have to do. So I'm not too worried about the financial outlay. And, you know, he himself doesn't excite me a ton, uh, to be honest, but at the same time, who knows, as far as depth goes, and maybe he's a guy that can, provide something that we can't see right now just because the Brewers pitching lab.
1: Well, no, and it just unfortunately harkens back to like the Brewers and non-contending mode where they make moves like this, hoping to find a diamond and a rough. I just hope that we're not, you know, backpedaling enough to not be in competition again. But with that being said, I mean, Joe Ross has been terrible when he's been healthy throughout his major league career, but maybe the Brewers can, uh, you, you know, turn something around and if nothing else, he's some starting pitching depth, but also possibly even that swingman, longman, reliever type role if if he's able to make the team. So, uh, again, very little yeah. risk involved, and there's not too many players like him out there that have a little bit of upside for for them on money. So, again, not against the signing, just not excited, obviously. So um, we also yeah. made a trade. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers also traded with the Kansas City Royals here in the last week or so. We traded for right-handed pitcher Taylor Clark. Um, and we gave away a couple of minor leaguers, uh, right-handed pitcher Ryan Brady and shortstop Cam Devani. Uh, neither of the prospects were very highly rated or whatnot. However, Taylor Clark, um, I believe he came up through the Diamondbacks system. He, he yeah, he did. A couple of teams. He, um, hasn't, he made
0: his uh, big league debut with Arizona as well, too, Craig, so he didn't just come up through their system. He actually appeared uh, in the majors with Arizona, I think, going back to 20.
1: Nice yeah, team. I want to say
0: whatever. got Scotty's interns check on that, but yeah.
1: Yeah, no, he's he's had some major league uh, experience in rotations, even, but but not very very well. So he, he's got a shorter track record than Joe Ross, but equally as ugly. So is is I think his career ERA is over five. Uh, and so with that being said, I feel like the Brewers are actually making a move to get him to not be a starter. I actually think that they see something in him that they want to turn him into a potential back of the bullpen arm. Uh, if he's able to, you know, so I don't know what it is. So I guess it's, to me, it's kind of like a flyer. And again, it's one of those things where I don't yeah. think Royals had use for him. And so a trade came together and maybe a change of scenery can help the guy and we'll see. So again, another- well, yeah, note. we just
0: got a note. Just got a note here from Scotty's intern. He does, uh, let's see, he does have, yeah, Taylor Clark has got a 15 and 15 career record. So 500, uh, 5.03, ERA on his career last year though three and six 5.95 ERA 58 games 56 of which were actually out of the bullpen.
1: Yeah, um, so the Royals already started transitioning to the bullpen. I think he's probably better suited there um, with his skill set, but yeah, we'll see what what comes of him. Obviously, he's still under arbitration and all that stuff, so they'll have some team control over him. So you know, uh, it's filling a spot in our major league roster. And at this time of year, that's what you're trying to do. So kudos to the move by Amanda for that. We'll see how it works out. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we're finally trying to fire up the Christmas music here in the background, (laughs) but um, let's go ahead and bust out our, our traditional annual Christmas wish list for... And we'll talk about how Scott's going to save Christmas this year after our wish list. we reveal our wish list. But each year, each of our hosts put together yep. a little wish list for the GM at the time. Um, and so this is the, really for Matt Arnold, but in order for Matt Arnold to go out there and uh, and get the okay and the budget to add certain players, <laughs> uh, he's going to have to go to Mr. Santanasio, uh for – for uh some gifts and so hopefully we can open up the purse strings a little bit and bring in some free agent talent or even make some uh be willing to trade some prospects or some established talent uh we'll see but uh, i guess uh, do you want me to go do you want to do your wish list first Vince, yeah we'll
0: be... sure that's fine i'm happy to do that all right Whatever you got you're...
1: music going on
0: uh are, is our intern going to put music on
1: yeah absolutely
0: Um, Okay, so first wish for Matt Arnold uh, is to look like every other Brewer fan has looked and seen in the past year or two and go out and get an actual first baseman. I don't understand. I love Carlos Santana. He's great, but I do think he's up there in age. I think that if he comes back, that'll be okay. But I would love to see this organization actually go out and get a stud middle-of-the-order first baseman, um, Pete Alonso comes to mind. I know he's a creation after this year, so he's not a long-term solution unless we can negotiate something. But um, you and I have been talking for years about guys like Matt Olson. Obviously, that didn't work out since he got traded to Atlanta. But just somebody that needs to anchor that team now that Rowdy's gone and signed with the Pirates, which is another bit of news. Um, you know, we just have not had that steady presence at first base since Prince Fielder all the way back in the 2011 season. it has been way too long. Um so if we can't get first base, at least get a third baseman. I know that a lot of folks are looking at Tyler Black. He may be an answer, but uh, we got to at least have one of those corners locked down. So I, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that Santa uh, Matt Arnold brings a first baseman and or a third baseman to Milwaukee that is here for many years to come because he's that good. That's wish list number one. Number two, we need a backup catcher. Uh, number three, I would like to see Brandon Woodruff back on a two-year deal um, where he comes and maybe can... Contribute to the Brewers down the stretch here in 2024 and then pitching again for the team, hopefully on an overall reduced contract in 2025. Uh, Those would be my biggest things. I I don't think I believe enough to to think that we're going to get a Corbin Burns extension out of this ownership group. So I won't even say it other than to mention it in passing as such. Um, Fourth, I would say if we're going to trade Willie Adamus, I'm A okay with that. Please. Uh, find somebody like a Whit Merrifield up the middle who can slide over Brightest Train to shortstop and then put him up the middle. I wouldn't mind a Whit Merrifield Brewers tour. Um, let's see what else? Those are pretty much that's pretty much where I'm at. Oh, and, and health to Aaron Ashby. And then on a personal note, uh, obviously wishing uh, another great year for the Brew Crew Review, especially all the great work that uh, Scotty and Chad have put in this year. And a big sure. thanks, of course, to our and a big thanks to our, our anonymous source, Tom Carter, of course. That goes without
1: being said. Um, so, yeah, big thanks to Tom Carter and Merry Christmas to Tom, uh, Tom C. That's a great list, uh, Vince. And I might I remind you that, uh, again, can can't reveal both his first name and last name, but he's also on my list, too, thanks to TC, our anonymous source right. for a number of years. has really kept us in the loop. And, um also special thanks to scott's interns even the ones that we've let go over the course of the year or whatever they, they they've quite valuable yeah. the things i know that they did most of the gift wrapping for the gifts that i sent out so um thank <laughs> you for that um i do not put on bows uh that's not that's not part of my uh, than my repertoire <laughs> but uh anyway the uh yeah so here's my list uh also toward the top of my list uh my christmas list as you're hearing me background um this holiday season i've got first of all to bring back to get the band back together and to wish that scott Martell and chad collins and also uncle june bug and possibly even brandon all uh, come back on the show in some capacity in 2024 that'd be great um, and then back to my wish list for the Brewers. So a lot of the things are uh you'll see is also on uh, your list as well but for Matt Arnold and our, our, our owner, Matt San, or Mark Santanasio, as I'm calling him today for our sandalist, list, I would like you to keep Carbon Burns at least through the trade deadline and try to compete this year. And if you need to, though, I'm fine with trading Willie Damas if we can help restock the farm or bring in another hitter at a different position or possibly some pitching depth. Um, So I'm fine with that and that's on my list as something, but really the the request here on my list is to keep Corbin Burns beyond this off season. Um, And then sign a third baseman is next on my list. And specifically, I'm gonna throw out there as a wish on top of my wish list after looking through the list of free agents as Matt Chapman as a possible target. Uh, Someone that's just, I think he's gonna be 31 in the next coming season and has 30 home run power, especially at AmFam Field, I believe. He'd be a great addition. Um, my, next thing on my list is to find a way to re-sign Brandon Woodruff to a two-year deal, rewarding him for his loyalty to the Brewers and his request to want to be a longtime Brewer uh, by giving the opportunity to pitch a little bit at the end of this year if he's healthy and then next year on a, on a deal that's a little bit of risk for both the pitcher and a little bit of risk for us as a team. I think that he's, if he's open to it, I would like that offer at least extended to him. Um, so that's not on my wish list. Also to sign a bullpen arm, i'm going to ask for right-handed pitcher phil Mat- matone former astro <laughs> uh and padre but um again he's not uh, the best reliever but again i as i've aged here I've, I've known to ask for more realistic items on my christmas list knowing how much my parents and family can afford so phil matone i think fits the brewer's uh you know budget so to speak and then what well, was first on your list, Vince, and I was also last on my list is to find a first baseman, not name Jake Powers, Rowdy Telez, Luke Voigt, Keston Hira, Dan Volgebach, Justin Smoke, <laughs> Ryan Healy, Chris Carter, Eric Thames, Aziz Aguilar, Adam <laughs> Lind, Mark uh, Reynolds, Travis that, Shaw, John Jaha. Or Travis freaking Ashikow, no offense, man. But if we could find a first baseman <laughs> that actually can produce some offensive numbers, that would be wonderful. And that really is uh, my number one wish on my list. So, um, and then of yeah. course, health and happiness for everyone involved with Brooker Review and all of Brewer fans and Brewer Nation. So, um, actually, let's, let's say health, wealth, and happiness because maybe if our show makes a lot of money, like
0: billions of dollars, we could actually buy the Brewers from marketing and out there and then we could run the team
1: that would be excellent yes absolutely I'll wait for that that sounds great so let's hope for that um yeah so there you go merry christmas there's the list uh from both myself and from vince um and now i know this is why our listeners to tune in how is scott bartell going to save christmas this year uh, ah, i know, I know you guys list. tried to talk him off the the brewer fan bridge last year as he was thinking about jumping off of it. Oh, very, very... oh hundreds,
0: hundreds of messages to Scotty to, to urge him back with the Broker Review and hundreds of messages, maybe even thousands, came into our email address at Broker Review Podcasts with an S and say dot and all sorts of different means. But yeah, we do appreciate that.
1: Yeah, very you know, very similar. Talking George Bailey off the the ledge, um, so to speak, it, in its wonderful life. Uh, Scott Bartell was really thinking about jumping off his Brewer fandom, uh, and but luckily uh, because of your fans, he's been inspired to to still become the Brewer fan, even though he's still, he's still very hurt and wounded. But uh, anyway, I did get information that he's going to be attending the Brewers. A spring training games uh, next March in uh, Las Vegas. So that's pretty cool because he's living out in those parts now. But what he said he's willing to do for Brewer fans this year, uh, and again, his is uh, a playbook from another Christmas movie. This one's from uh, National Influence Christmas Vacation. He's willing to go to Chicago and kidnap Craig Council and bring him back to Milwaukee where he belongs and talk some sense into him. Um, and uh, he, he's willing to do this. Uh, he's not sure if he will be successful or not, um, but he thinks if it, if he does it, I mean, even though the authorities may be called, he may be able to do, have uh, Craig counsel make a change of heart into the decision that he's made in his life and realize his wrongs on Christmas Eve and possibly change his mind. I, I don't know how the lawyers and the contracts that have been signed will, will deal with all that uh, afterward, but uh, that's Scott's goal. He did say that uh, if he is unsuccessful in this goal, like he's been with other goals in his life, not so much on Christmas, but he's usually very successful about saving Christmas. But if he do- doesn't work out, he does say that he will be drinking alone with his dog this Christmas if it doesn't work out. So we're all rooting for Scott and for Milwaukee Brewers fans everywhere, so that he's able to uh, pull <laughs> off this this feat and save Christmas in 2023.
0: So, uh, you know, I hate I hate the. To... Not see Scott try this, but uh, I'm actually kind of looking forward to Pat Murphy at this point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and no offense, Pat Murphy. I know that Pat Murphy's a good friend of Craig Council's, and I'm sure would love him back as well. But, um, but no, obviously as Burr fans, I think uh, it's it's already feels like it's just you got to move forward. I mean, it's you know, and I think that here at the Brook Review, that's what we're doing, and Burr fans are too. And I mean, it's been a good run with with Council as a Burr. He was a Burr. For almost as you pointed out, the entire time that we've been doing the show, is he is I think he signed on very uh almost the same year we started the show, nearly twenty years ago now. I think it's like gonna be this is our nineteenth year. Uh um, yeah, he
0: started he was traded to the Brewers uh before the two thousand four season as part of the, the Richie Sexton blockbuster eight player trade where you had uh five different major league players come back to Milwaukee. Um And that's Craig's first tenure with the breweries. He then left as a free agent to go back to Arizona in 05 and 06. And then he came back to Milwaukee again, I believe in 07, um, for sure by 08. That's
1: right. That was like a ridiculously – we got a big haul in that trade. I'm going to try to see if offhand, and again, with no help from interns and internet, remember the other pieces we got in that trade. No, we got Craig – Oh, I got it.
0: Go for it. Go for it. I got you. Go.
1: We got Craig Council, Lyle Overbay. Those are the two big pieces, so to speak. Big fan of our (laughs) – And we've got – Chris Capuano was very va- valuable. Jorge De La Rosa, yep. I believe. Yep. One of my favorite infielders, Junior Spivey, who wasn't all that yep. great. But, um, and I think I'm missing one. More. one. Oh, is it the, ca- the catcher? Damian Miller?
0: No, Chad Moeller.
1: Oh, Chad Moeller. Oh, yeah, that's right, Chad Moeller. Okay.
0: Damian Miller was the big free agent pickup to replace Moeller. <laughs> Both play <for> Arizona.
1: <laughs> okay, I almost had it there. Yeah, I knew it was. Uh, okay.
0: But who were the two former brewers that we gave up? Obviously, Richie Sexton is one of them. There was a minor leaguer named Nucci Varner. Who was the third player, a former brewer, big leaguer, who we gave up in that trade?
1: Nucci Varner. Um,
0: Sexton Varner and one other guy who did make, uh, he did appear in the majors with Milwaukee.
1: Oh, I did not know that. Who was it? Pitcher Shane Nance. Okay. Yep. There, there we go. Chain Nance. Yeah. So that, that was a huge blockbuster trade at the time. And um, I think the Brewers, obviously Richie Saxon flamed out as the Diamondbacks with the Diamondbacks, but he was a fan favorite of mine. Um, but yeah, Me that's how that, how that that deal worked out over time. And, and again, the tree that that trade eventually you know worked out really well for the Brewers as we were able to And Chris Capuano is one of the, I think, the hidden gems of that trade as well, uh, as he was really a middle of the, back in time, the Brewers were terrible at developing pitching, getting a guy like Chris Capuano, and as we, (laughs) Jorge De La Rosa, I think, had a higher ceiling, but he didn't work out quite at all, and so Chris Capuano ended up being a very valuable piece of that trade, so. But uh, Uh, Chris
0: Capuano had a year with Milwaukee in 2005, um, getting a note here from Scotty's intern to verify, but. Yeah, uh, Capuano won 18 games, won 18 and 12, with a with an ERA just under four in 2005, and and to do that in Milwaukee at that time, uh, our younger listeners may not remember, but that was virtually unheard of. So yeah, Capuano was a a huge component of that uh, that that beginning of, of the franchise turnaround. Uh, you know, again after so many losing seasons after 1992, the team lost every year until 2005 when we we finished 500, and that was a huge accomplishment for the franchise. I think people forget just what a big deal that was.
1: Yeah. 2005 was when we finally broke that barrier. Yeah. So, and then just a few short years later, you know, we were finally back in the playoffs. So, um, yeah. I've sure seen documented in Brook review of the movie. So, um, yeah. Awesome. So wishing you The happiest holidays to you and yours, Vince, hopefully we can actually, uh, get together this holiday season and, uh, yeah. Uh, absolutely,
0: Craig. We're 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 gonna be in Wisconsin. We're here uh in Wisconsin for the holidays. So yep, absolutely. Um so yeah, we'll plan on getting together in person. I'm sure Scotty will meet us. Uh maybe we can do another broken barrel uh uh rendezvous and, and meet up and post our pictures and, and, and visit with fans, but we'll have to announce the location or something uh, at some point in the next couple of days. We'll put that out there.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure if they still are producing it. But if so, I'd uh, love to share a Tim dollars beer with you. And uh, yeah, they let's are. do this.
0: They are producing it. Yep, Absolutely. they are. All
1: right, let's do it. Um, and uh, yeah, so and also, one of our number one listeners is my nephew, Alex, actually. And uh do want to, I don't want to give away his Christmas gift, but uh, if he's listening to this before this, there will be a brewer-related Christmas gift coming your way. So I know he's a big fan. Ooh. And Ooh, so that's exciting. I don't to give, up, give that's, too much more away than that. But anyway.
0: Um, well, Merry Christmas to Alex. Merry Christmas to all of our friends, uh, followers, fans, and listeners. We really appreciate all your uh, support and friendship over all these many years, going back to that 2004 debut. Um, so yeah, big, big thanks to all of you for continuing to, to stick with us for all these years, even longer than some of our hosts. So yeah, we, we do
1: appreciate it. Awesome. So, all right. Well, stay classy, Wisconsin, and go Brewers. Happy Halloween. Oh, brewers. Thanks, Craig. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas to all. And to all, a good night. Stay classy.